Listen in to find out how to take the first steps to building greater efficiency into your dispensary workflow and why it's your competitive edge in the 21st century. Welcome to the Transformation Show, where successful pharmacy owners and technology partners help you to build a better 21st century pharmacy by embracing technology. Here is your host, Robert Starr. G'day everyone and welcome back to Transformation, the only dedicated podcast in the world where pharmacy and technology collide to bring you, most importantly, the motivated pharmacy owner, all that you need to build a smarter, more successful 21st century pharmacy before it's too late. My name's Robert Starr, your host and guide on this fantastic journey of ours, and we're now episode 31. Thank you so much for inserting me into your eardrums every single week. I do appreciate it. And certainly from last week, we established now we're in about 83 countries now. The stats sometimes do go off the charts, but I have confirmed that. And it's just great to be able to get the message worldwide. And certainly the feedback that I get every week, it doesn't just come from everyone in Australia. The majority does. But it's great to hear that the issues that we encounter every single day across the world are quite similar in pharmacy land. So thank you so much for sending those through. I did want to share one with you that I got from Alvina this week. She sent through, just letting you know that I really enjoy your podcast. You're obviously passionate about what you do, and what you do is quite unique in our industry. So well done, Robert. And thank you so much, Alvina. I am passionate. I wouldn't be coming on here every single week for you guys. I hope you're getting a lot of value from it, and I hope that I am in some way able to contribute to your success moving forward in 21st century pharmacy. I also wanted to touch on the fact that we're going to be wrapping up our pharmacy automation series. I know a lot of you may have been thinking, well, we already did that. Um, and Rob, you have published that as a series, but I had always wanted to get Peter Ferros on our show and I have today. And so you're in for such a big treat today with Peter and also his younger partner, Cedric. Um, he's, he's got some fantastic pedigree around pharmacy workflow. He's done some terrific studies published in all the major pharmacy journals, and it really does help to put the icing on our pharmacy automation cake. So you will be to access that. Now, if you've just listened to this show for the first time today, firstly, thank you very much. But also, you can access the entire automation series. You can obviously go to robertstar.com and go through all the podcast listings. But I've also made it quite easy for you as well. So if you haven't already signed up at robertstar.com, if you visit the webpage, there is a little sign-up box there. And at the moment, it's there if you want to get hold of Pharmacy Freedom, which of course was the launch of Transformation, the book in August for the Australian pharmacy community. You get full access to my my keynote from that day, George Tambasis's industry update, but also you get a seven-day industry insights tour from some of the best and brightest pharmacy minds. Not everyone, obviously, in seven days, but it gives you a great snapshot of what's available in pharmacy and technology for you and some key issues you should be focusing on in your business right now. But as a bonus to that series, you get the entire pharmacy automation series in one nice, neat package that you can load onto a single web page and you can work through all of those in probably a few settings. I wouldn't do them all in one go. It is about six hours of unedited interview recording from the Transformation Show and with the guests, which included technology partners, 
and also pharmacy owners that have partnered with automation in their business. And I do wrap up all of the key themes from that as well at the end of each one of those segments. So that will be available to you and it is free if you sign up at robertstar.com. And of course, today's latest edition, uh, really the icing on the cake will be included in that as well. I also wanted to mention that um, for those who are listening through, if you get hold of these posts through social media or you get one of my weekly emails as well, and obviously if you sign up on robertstar.com, you get that, uh, but also through SoundCloud and iTunes. And there's a couple of other options available to you um, if you happen to have it. So if you happen to own a Holden in Australia, uh, there's a service called Stitcher. Uh, which is essentially a, a digital radio, uh, which is being put in all the dashes of all the Holdens in Australia and overseas in BMWs and Mercs as well. Um, but you can stream podcasts through there as well. And Transformation is now listed on Stitcher as well. So if you have any of those, don't feel that you have to always have your phone. There are a number of ways you can get hold of Transformation, even in the car, as we're finding out now. I um, also wanted to quickly talk about transformation.com.au. Now, we've spoken about a number of weeks in a row now since the 15th of September, which was my anticipated launch date for the community. And I wanted to talk about that, but also as a lesson in implementation for all of you as my listeners as well. The important thing with technology, and that's what I talk to pharmacy owners about every single week, is about when you do implement technology, don't just have, have someone come into your pharmacy and drop it on your doorstep and walk away and really it never integrates with your processes and it just becomes disruptive for your team that don't understand it and also for your patients who really don't understand it as well. It's important that you do testing and trialing and testing and get small group feedback as well. And I'll probably go into a lot more detail in the transformation book around this but it was perfectly exemplified with transformation.com.au as I've seen in the last few weeks. There've been some glitches, but the important thing from my point of view as my audience, and obviously for my, for my people as well and my pharmacy owner clients who have joined, it's really important that the experience is unparalleled and it does help to heighten your experience in implementing technology in your business. And if it's not doing that, it's so important that I get it right before I give it to you and not have you have to fix it for me by telling me all the things that are wrong with it. So I'm not going to name a date today for you. I am going to update it on robertstar.com and via Twitter when we're ready, uh, but there are a few niggling issues. We've got nearly a hundred signed up, uh, which is fantastic. And I do apologize at the moment that we haven't been able to get that to you. But what I will do is that if you haven't already signed up at transformation.com.au, obviously if you've already signed up, fantastic. But anyone who has signed up by the time I can launch it, and I guarantee it will not be any more than a couple of weeks, but I'm not gonna give a date to disappoint you at the moment is that when the launch date comes through, you'll get an opportunity to get a free transformation launch pack, uh, which I'm selling on the website of robertstar.com. Um, obviously, I've only got a few, a few left. Um, 
uh, after the book launch, but I felt that it's really important to give those to you. So you'll be able to get that for free. All you have to do is just pay for the postage as well. I'll put the discount code in there as well. And as my big thank you for your patience, and I just can't wait to bring you the content in there as well. We're gonna have webinars. There's gonna be some great case studies you can get hold of, some of the workshops that I've done. I've got live recordings that I'm only gonna be publishing in there. And as I've also said, it's the only place that I'm gonna be in there answering your pharmacy and technology questions every single day. And I just can't wait to get stuck in and help you solve some problems in your business, but also help you find those big opportunities that are available as well. And that's just a little segue into the Pharmacy Freedom Index, which some of you may have remembered, I launched about three weeks ago. And we've had about 30 pharmacy owners go through that test in the last three weeks, which has been fantastic as well. And And the feedback I've been getting is that people have found opportunities in their business they didn't never never know existed as well. And we've got a number of those booked in for review and assessment session with me to really deep dive and find the nuts and bolts of how those opportunities can be maximized, but most importantly, delivered and actioned in your business in the next 12 months, which is so important. So if you're interested in any any of that and you're interested in taking those opportunities on and really maximizing how far your pharmacy can grow and really turn it into that smarter, more successful 21st century pharmacy, then head across to the pharmacyfreedomindex.com. You will also get a couple of free gifts, which I'm happy to announce as well, uh, which for those who have already completed it, you've already been able to download. You do get um, an unrestricted recording of my best keynote. You also get a ebook as well of transformation as well. So if you've got just a paperback and you want an ebook, that's probably the easiest way for you to do it. And you're gonna find the biggest opportunities in your business. You really can't beat that and also it's free. So it's no no strings attached to it. You'll find those opportunities. And if I can help you deep dive into that, you can book in for an appointment with me via robertstar.com forward slash appointments and I'll come in to see you. And we can talk about it either via Skype or I can come into your pharmacy. We'll have a coffee and find the best opportunities and you can implement that in the next 12 months. Our interview today is with Peter and Cedric from Syncotic Chemist in Blacktown, which is a large format franchise. Peter's got a long history and a lot of experience in time and motion studies on dispensary workflows and applying it to dispensary designs. And Cedric's got a great history with five years of automation, which has gone from having no automation in his business right up to the highest level of automation possible in the business currently today. Peter and Cedric, welcome to the Transformation Show. Thank you, Robert. Oh, look, it's great to have you on and it's going to be such a great uh, insight, I think, for our listeners today, having a pharmacy owner and also um, and also his partner in Peter. But Peter's got such a fantastic pedigree and history in uh, dispensary workflow and design and research that uh, our listeners are going to be very spoilt today. So uh, I look forward to it. Um, Peter and Cedric, I'll start with you, Peter, um, because uh, I think I could probably talk about your work on workflows for a long time, but we'll try to condense it if we can. Um, But uh, when you left university and um, you got into pharmacy, you know, what did you imagine your first pharmacy would look like? And I guess how did the how did the utilization of technology come about over your journey? Uh, When I first started was 40 years ago, Robert and technology wasn't uh, on the horizon at that stage. And 
I was expecting a standard pharmacy where my job, uh, when I did my work in a pharmacy uh, when I was at uni, was indexing the prescription book, Robert. Yeah. Uh, and that was an onerous task that we had. And the technology change uh, from computers was dramatic. The uh, Productivity Commission did a survey in 1985 on what changes were expected in pharmacy. And the response from pharmacists was they didn't see anything. <laughs> and yet by 1992, every pharmacy in Australia had a computer. Oh, and the survey by the uh, Pharmaceutical Benefits and Remuneration Tribunal in the late 1980s identified that the computerization of pharmacy improved the productivity by 30%. So that was a dramatic change in that 10-year period, which was a productivity gain of over 3% a year, where the national average is only 1% a year. So pharmacy was dramatically different by changing of, of computerization. And as we all know, that efficiencies of those computer systems increased dramatically from having to stay back and back up and do all of that where we now have automatic. The other interesting thing about technology at that time, community pharmacy was the first private enterprise to interchange with the government on a change of, of uh, electronic data where we had prescription uh, claims submitted electronically. Um, any senior pharmacist, I've used senior instead of the way word old pharmacist, <laughs> can tell you where we have to code prescriptions and you would know the code of Aldermet or uh, Nebutel and uh, you'd have to code all the prescriptions. When that system was put in place, we uh, changed that workflow dramatically in pharmacy and 800 public servants were made redundant in the health department from checking prescriptions. So there were enormous productivity gains in pharmacy from 1980 through to the current time. So it's not only technology now, it is embracing technology over decades in pharmacy has made dramatic improvements. Yeah, no, absolutely. The question, what did I see of that when I first left? I didn't see any of it. Yeah. But no, look, experience. certainly the pro the processes are still, you know, the, the uh, really do get heightened by, I guess, making things more efficient by embracing that over the journey. Yeah, yeah, but Robert, not only did it, it make it more efficient, it allowed delivery of... Uh, I have a totally different healthcare service. When with the prescription book, we recorded prescriptions in chronological order. So to get a patient profile of their medication was virtually impossible because you had to go through 10 prescription books over a year to find out what they were taking. Hmm. What the computer allowed us to do was to get all the data on all the person's medication in the same place. And that allowed our 
enhance pharmaceutical care. So it's not only efficiencies in workflow we're looking at technologies, it is upping our pharmacological service to patients. Yeah, look, absolutely. That's, that's dramatic. And and the and the, and the customer database is also so valuable as well that it's not just all about you know what medications, but also being able to attach clinical information as well. And as we're seeing now with even Guildcare being able to screen people for professional pharmacy programs as a result of how many of medications they're taking. So now it certainly certainly has changed a lot. And Cedric, when 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 you started, which was obviously a, a lot. Uh, more recent than Peter, no, no offence. Um, but um, I guess what did you see when you first came out and I guess what was your first foray with technology and pharmacy and uh, how have you seen that evolve? Yeah, when, when I was first going through the university, that was early, early 2000, we had all the computerised labelling, the systems, the databases there. So everything was counseling and and um, emphasis coming through so i expected to come into a pharmacy with you know some stock on the shelves and um, the computer system there just walk in do my counseling as i've been taught through university you know spend a lot of time with the customers and away you go um, and then reality uh, bit as soon as i started so you've got a flood of customers in you know, you're trying to type away on these computers, and luckily, we don't have the typewriters we used that we used to, and and um, the prescription history and everything's there. So, it the efficiency for me there was great in that you could do these things quickly and get out and do the counselling, while eight other people are barking at you trying to get um, different things as well, but. Um, the problem's always been you're stuck behind a computer unless you have the luxury of having, you know, 10 pharmacy assistants and uh, dispense techs um, who are able to do all that for you and you, you jump out and do all the counselling. So the less time you can spend dispensing behind the computer and the more time being out in the front is a key. And that's where automation has really helped because dispensing times reduced dramatically. So um, if you are needed at the back to dispense, you can do that quickly and efficiently, then get out um, the front end, do the counselling and um, with the quality use of medicine and all that with the, with the customers. So it's been interesting and great involvement since I've been out over the last 14 years. Yeah, no, look, absolutely. And I don't think there's ever been a, a time more critical in pharmacy where pharmacists are asked to do more in probably running their operations as well as their clinical side of their business and being having to wear so many different hats. And I just think that the competitive advantage that remains open to pharmacies is that ability to be very patient-centric and afford their patients more time um, in that process so they're able to really listen to their problems and help them solve it and I guess, you know, automation and efficient dispensary design, um, which is what we're hoping to uh, cover for our listeners today, um, yes. is, re is really, the, I think, the key to being able to leverage the pharmacist into the correct position and maximising their time with their patients. So I guess to, to take our, uh, our listeners on a journey, and I guess everyone's all at a different level, you know, some may have very small compact dispensaries with a typical pharmacy dispensing system and also shelving 
solving systems as well. But um, Peter, I thought I might start with you with that one is that, you know, where would be the great greatest place to start for a pharmacy owner to really start to assess? You know, it's not just a case of showing up to APP and buying a robot and dumping it in. There's some great workflows and processes that I know that you've spent a lot of time in your career on. Um, so where would be, I think, the best starting point for our owners? Um, they've got to, it depends upon the size of the pharmacy of what systems you need to do. Um, first of all, it is getting the workflow right of handing in a prescription. And for small pharmacies, that should go straight from the patient to the technician. Um, where if you have a counter in front of the dispensary, you're doing a two-step work process of getting it to the, to the technician. Uh, the keying into the data is about 38 seconds, and therefore you've got to get electronic prescriptions going. All these comments are made in the, in the background of the PBS cuts and we're going to be paid less for doing our work, so therefore we need to eliminate workflow. So the thing is the keying in. Then you get your product selection times, so how you store your medications. You should have your high-volume items close to your assembly point and the low-volume items separate. So when we had Syncotas at Blacktown, we put a Syncotta franchise into an independent pharmacy uh, nine years ago uh, by having a more competitive officer on front of shop we then had more patients come in so initially we didn't change the dispensary workflows because they are uh, effective for that level of turnover the prescription volumes went up so we put in stock flow sloping shelves so you had automatic date rotation of stock and you had backfilling, so it was easy to fill the shelves, so you can reduce your uh, stock selection times from uh, eight to 10 seconds to two or three seconds. You then put all your uh, slow volume items in a rhombic, a sloping drawer system again, so you get automatic date rotation. That worked okay when we were across the road in Blacktown, but the prescription volumes kept on going up, and we got, uh, as we had to add more people to the dispensary, we got, a, we got a great deal of congestion, Robert. Yeah. With people getting one another's road. That's when we put the robot, the RoboPharma, into uh, 106 Main Street, Blacktown, and it was up on a landing level behind the dispensary. With the robot, you can uh, use conveyors to bring it so you're not util using space in the dispensary. You can put it away from there. Um, and that worked very well. And then we moved across the road and the medical center was established behind us. And we had to put in a bigger RoboPharma and we've got that downstairs. And there wasn't a lot of space on the second level in the new shop to have all the technology up there. So. Uh, it's downstairs and we use conveyors to bring it up to the upper level and that's removed so the automation can get you with the robo farmer because it's a uh, channel system 
like a vending machine where you put press the button and the coke drops down. The rover farmer doesn't have an arm. It has channels and it delivers three products a second. So it's very, very quick. Uh, those products come to you uh, from downstairs and we can then dispense upstairs with that and that's removed a lot of the congestion out of the dispensary. Yeah, no, look, absolutely. And so, so it's a time selection thing. Yeah. Uh, so we reduce this product selection time. It fills from the back. So that's an advantage as well. So you get easy filling, easy uh, date rotation of stock. And uh, what we're also trialling at Blacktown is moving the uh, medication box and the paper along the dispensary bench. So we have an automatic conveyor system and I'll get Cedric to just talk you through how that works. Yeah, no, look, absolutely, Peter. And I just thought just because uh, our listeners have gone through a big journey with you from obviously the, the workflow discussions right through, and I just thought we'd just step back just a little a little moment um, just, to, just to go through some of the terms that you've mentioned there in terms of, um, you know, around the product selection. And um, I think that's probably the most valuable thing. And you mentioned things like the um, sloping shelves and um, obviously having those types of things. So... When, when, when you come into a, come into a pharmacy and um, assess assess their workflow, um, ultimately, what what governs the changes in the different types of shelves? Like obviously, we spoke. You, you mentioned quite a few changes in your premises, and that you moved several times, and it all was on the basis of growth in the business. Um, but I guess to, to I guess maximise your your selection in a single pharmacy at the moment, if pharmacies pharmacists are listening at the moment, which obviously they are, um, what would be the I guess the easiest way to reduce that product selection time in the pharmacies? You'd have to split your dispensary stock into high volume and low volume. Yep. You put the high volume as close as possible to your prescription assembly point. You use sloping shelves and you contract the floor space you're using for the low volume items into a sloping shelf rhombic. Yeah. And would you also, because there's still, there's still quite a number of pharmacies with those elevated dispensaries, which are like one or two steps up from the floor, would you be encouraging them to try and bring them down to the floor to, I guess, minimise the traffic time as well? I would use a different word than encourage. It's essential that you come down to floor level. And as a demonstration of that, I ask people to stand on the chair and talk to somebody. That is not an empathetic way of conducting a conversation, Robert. Yeah. It's you're talking down to people, and that's not the way to establish empathy and relationships with somebody. Because I think sometimes the, the biggest problem that pharmacy owners face is that particularly those that have been in the industry for a while is re really trying to embrace that change of being more available and more visible. Um, so to try to you know, redesign um, even the workflow around their existing dispensary to make themselves more available, um, you know, it's about obviously getting them into, getting them into a visible position but also an accessible position to the patient. And I think that step's just such a big barrier. It is. It is. And then you've got people walking up and down the step all day. Yeah. Right? And I've done, because I do dispensary design work for people if they want it, um, 
you can quite often have it that the storeroom is behind the uh, dispensary and getting stock in and out of the storeroom has to go up and down a step. So you can't use a trolley and people are carrying things up and down a step to get things into the front of shop. Yeah. It's not only a workflow and a patient relationship related to the dispensary, it can also introduce inefficiencies in operating in, of your front of shop. Yeah. Yeah, and, and then and that's the key thing, you know, we talk a lot about on, on our show with, in terms of one percenters and, you know, just being able to save, you know, a, I think a lot of people would probably throw one step away thinking, oh, how big a difference is that going to make? But in a high volume business where you might be doing that 500 times, so I'm sure through your time and motion studies, you've seen the huge amount of time that that obviously accumulates, not only in a day, but in a week or a year. Um, so, you know, being able to accumulate those efficiencies, you know, even without the use of technologies, certainly a, a big, a big barrier um, and certainly a big change as well. Um, and so, C Cedric, you know, how, how have you seen the, the changes in there? You, you've been involved in that transition from the beginning. So how, how did you see the, the biggest changes of um, becoming more efficient in the dispensary um, working for you, but more importantly, for your patients? Um Firstly, my blood pressure dropped about 30 points. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was amazing. You know, when once we were getting busier in the old format shop, um, maybe doing 250 prescriptions maximum for the day, you had people climbing over each other trying to select medications from your fast-moving uh, wall that we had behind us and then running to and fro from the rhombic. It was it was manic. It was, it got very chaotic, and by the end of the day, not only were we all exhausted, you know, customers would sometimes be a bit unhappy because they had to wait longer. Um, staff were stressed. Uh, we were stressed. We couldn't. We'd reached the ceiling um, of what we could do. And once we put the Robo Pharma unit in, it was just amazing. Um, the efficiency and productivity increase was overnight. Um, you know, from that, from then we've gone 50, 60% script volume increase and we're still managing without too much stress, without too much craziness in, in uh, the workflows. We've also introduced the uh, hopper system with the conveyor belts for the scripts in and scripts out, uh, which basically means where the technician or the pharmacist who's at a specific dispensing point not only will have the script delivered to them in the basket when they dispense the script the medication will be delivered to them in 10 to 15 se seconds they can do all the assembly there and uh, put it back onto the conveyor to go to the handout um, pharmacist or, or person there so um, we are getting a little bit fatter from not having to run around as much but <laughs> Um, we can live with that by being able to, to do this so, in such an efficient way. Well, I think one of the running jokes that I've had when talking to pharmacy owners with automation is that they probably should have had pedometers on them from the early stages <laughs> and, and uh, had it done had them compare that to the data once it was in, included. And, and what have been some of the, the great stories that you know patients have said to you in terms of the differences? Um, and I'll open that up to you, Peter, as well, that patients have said to you is, 
you know, what have been the biggest changes that they've seen, you know, not just obviously in the time that they've been able to save in the, in the process of dispensing, but the valuable um, contributions that you've been able to make as a result? Um, what, from what I've seen, with the decrease in actual dispensing time, it's allowing us to go and actually talk to them a lot more. And, you know, just having the smile there, the confidence of being able to talk to the pharmacist and asking the extra few questions that they might not have been able to ask when you're stuck behind pulling your hair out trying to get all these prescriptions out. Um, you know, they could have the chat, like in the good old days when, you know, they used to come and have a nice old yarn with, with the pharmacist. Um, you know, we're getting, we're trying to get back to that while trying to do you know this many prescriptions at the same time and um, that technology is actually allowing us to get out there a lot more so it's been fantastic we got a lot a lot more um, customers who are quite happy and and uh, commenting that it's nice to be able to have a bit of a longer chat and um, discuss a few other things as well so that's been quite positive. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm also keen to keen to ask as well because I know at um, APP earlier this year there was a, a study, it might have been uh, uh, Glenn Guilfoyle, I think it might have been, that was mentioning it and it was based on, you know, studying pharmacies where they improved their workflows and they were able to see... Um, an increase in retail sales. Is that anything that you've seen um, as well? Because obviously the pharmacist can be more involved in primary healthcare discussions and product selections and and really understanding those problems better that they can put together those solutions. Have you seen that kind of um, happening in your business as well? Um, I think we have. Um, I know just personally, if I'm out there having a discussion, I can open up to various other points that the customer may, may not have thought of and be able to um, give them products or advice to assist with that and that may lead to a sale or it may lead to a sale the next time they come in. So um, it's an ongoing thing where you can instill the confidence that they are being listened to and by doing that you can provide them solutions which turns into the sales which in the end, uh, that's what we need. So um, we have been seeing that along uh, as we go. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Um, and Peter, I thought I might change, change pace a little bit as well because, look, I will tell our listeners that um, Peter and I have worked together in my father's businesses uh, probably about six or seven years ago now. And one of the most beneficial things that Peter was able to provide me and, and my father over that journey was a, a study tour up in Sydney across the pharmacies that he was a partner in and really seeing these workflows uh, in person so that it's not all theory, you can see it all happen. But and that's been a theme that's come out from a lot of the pharmacy owners that I've interviewed on the Transformation Show about automation is that they all started with a study tour. So would you recommend that for pharmacy owners listening and they're think, thinking more seriously than just thinking that this is all theory and nice, but they'd love to be implementing it, do you think that's the best place for them to start? Uh, yes, I, I do. I was just going to mention to you if they want to uh, do that in Sydney, and particularly if they want to come out to Blacktown and see our trial on this conveyor moving the prescription boxes and paper along the bench, we're quite happy for them to come out and we can take them through it and show them what's involved. That's no trouble at all. Oh, no, fantastic. 
Oh, look, it's great. It's great when you can touch and feel it and, and really see it. And, and look, I, I remember, you know, very fondly coming out to your Maryland store, you know, the biggest Australian community pharmacy and, uh, you know, just seeing, you know, the control, you know, that there wasn't chaos. You, I think you were, you were doing well over a thousand prescriptions each day and the dispensary, it was a hive of activity, but, you know, it was very calm for the amount of uh, prescriptions that you had. And, you know, that really wasn't even using automation, but just using great workflows and systems i'm actually keen to know peter um, have you put automation into Marylands now it's to go in in january and we're redesigning the whole dispensary uh to put in uh separate stand-up counseling booths and separate uh sit-down counseling booths and we're going to put our s3s in a glass cabinet facing the customers so they're actually not in customer access but on display yeah so just answering a question of what's in blacktown we have two discounters in opposition to us yeah. our friends at chemist warehouse and aussie pharmacy uh, all within sort of 75 to 100 meters of us and our prescription business and our medicine business continues to grow and that's because we've uh, got the efficiencies where we can have the pharmacists talking to the patients. Yeah, no, look, that, that's a huge thing that, um, you know, I think I think where Chemist Warehouse is at the moment, that, you know, one of the things that if we, if we had to pick on them and find something they do poorly, I think their dispensary workflow is probably the poorest aspect of their business. And I've got no doubt that, you know, to have that as a direct competitor. Um, and, and also uh, for our listeners as well, I'm just, I'm going to put a link on um, our show notes for, for this episode. Um, and there's some photos from um, Google Local of um, Cedric and Peter's store that you can have a look at but uh, obviously it's much much better if, if you can afford the time to come up and see them um, to see you know the amazing uh, workflows they have in place with the conveyors and so forth but uh, yeah look uh, hats off to you because I think that answers a question that I think a lot of community pharmacy owners have in terms of how do you compete effectively with Chemist Warehouse and uh, it's great that you're doing that. Um, Peter, I was, I was going to ask, um, you know, I guess beyond um, where, where you see um, automation in, in, in pharmacies, and I guess it all depends, like, you know, you, you've taken us on a great journey of how Blacktown's evolved into different premises and obviously different size robots and channel systems and conveyors and so forth. So, you know, it's a lot of that technology, but do you also see that the automation of the not only the ethical product could potentially extend to perhaps even S2s or S3s where, um, you know, obviously we, you, now that you're mentioning it, you're having those sit-down pods in, in Marylands, whether, whether you'd be thinking to consider to put the S2s and S3s inside the uh, robot as well. Uh, I believe that the S2s should be on a power wall. That's what we got at Marylands. And we roster as much as possible of pharmacists to be available near that power wall. And yes, as far as the S3s are concerned, we could envisage having um, channels going to the sit-down counselling patient where the product, after discussing it with the patient, you just press a button and the product comes down 
to you as your counselling so you don't have to leave the patient and interrupt the relationship to go and get a product that you've spoken to them about. So that's something we're looking at. We're not doing it at the moment. We're just going to make the changes we've got at Marylands. Yeah. Uh, but that would certainly help the uh, interaction. The other thing is we've got a, uh, we're in a medical centre at Brookvale, uh, which is relocating because the medical centre is relocating and it's only 54 square metres and it's really a problem of getting the products in there. So we are toying with the idea of putting our S3s in a rhombic because we've just got limited space so you can go to sort of a German uh, pharmacy model where they've got all their uh, pharmacist medicines in drawers, yeah. Robert, yeah. and uh, there are 25 doctors going to be in this medical centre. Oh, wow. So, um, you know, with 54 square metres, uh, it's interesting, we have a medical centre at Brookvale, which the medical centre is relocating from into this bigger, better site. And we only have 29 square metres there. And uh, the scripts, the sales are 86%. Whereas we've got a medical centre pharmacy up at Mona Vale, which is 54 square metres. And because we've got the bigger size and can carry a better range, we have the front of shop is not the 14% that we have at Brookvale, is 29% at Mona Vale. So uh, having that extra space for display of front of shop is important. So that's why we're looking at the Brookvale one of perhaps uh, having to get our S3s in a smaller footprint to create more space for the front of shop. Yeah, no, look, absolutely. And, and had you considered putting uh, even the small volume uh, robot into either site? Uh, well, the, the Brookvale one is no, because it doesn't do the volume. Yep. Uh, we can look at putting one in the, uh, sorry, the Monovar one is low volume, it only does 140 scripts a day. Uh, at Brookvale, we've designed the dispensary so we can put it in, but we want to ensure that the medical centre people actually deliver on these 25 doctors before we make the capital commitment of putting a machine in yeah, yeah. Uh, you know <laughs> we can get promises but until they deliver and we don't want to make the capital investment and then find out they haven't delivered the doctors and we're not getting the script volume that, that uh, they said that they'd be able to deliver to us well yeah 25 doctors is a, is a big promise and uh, looks <laughs> cer certainly well, uh, if, if they feel that <laughs> we all know how difficult it is to get doctors anywhere so yeah no, no, fantastic. And, and, and also, and if somebody's got a small pharmacy and they want to have a look at this, you know, the, the, the one that uh, Mona Vale is just medicines only. So if somebody wants to have a look at that and they've got a small pharmacy, I'm quite happy to show them over that as well. Ah, oh, fantastic. And also, Peter, with the with automation as well, like obviously there's, it can save a lot in uh, product selection and uh, delivery to the pharmacist, but um, the robo-farmers that you use as well, does they also help with um, unpacking the inventory? Like do they have um, hoppers where you can load the orders in through the back? And uh, I guess how, how is the uh, replenishment process managed? No, the replenishment process is just the uh, tote boxes go at the back and you've got to 
scan one item in and then the channel lights up and you've got to put it in manually. Okay. Okay. Yep. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, and, and Peter, I always like to ask, and I'm going to ask this separately because I think I'm going to get uh, probably two, two fantastic different answers, but um, I'll start with you, Peter. Um, we, when you look at technology in, in pharmacy and particularly now and perhaps forecasting where we might end up, you know, what would be the, um, the, the biggest game-changing technology that you could imagine going into pharmacies now? Obviously, time and resources, no barrier um, that you'd love to do now. Uh, I think it will be communicating, well, it will be electronic prescriptions um, and not having to have the uh, hard copy of the prescription to dispense. And I don't know where that is going to end up, Robert. Mm. Now, because certainly there's so a lot, there's a lot being made now about the privacy. Just, you know, we can brainstorm it. Yeah. The doctor goes and visits the patient at their home. He emails through a prescription. You don't have the script, and then you deliver it to the sick patient at home. Yeah. How's all that going to work? Yeah. And, <laughs> and the patient has their repeats on their uh, iPhone. Yeah. Right. And that's legal for them to phone their second repeat through to us and we dispense it. Yeah. Yeah, no, look, it's certainly going to make things a lot more mobile um, in terms yeah. of how, how that gets managed. And I know that there's, you know, a lot of concerns in, at the moment about privacy and health records being transmitted through non-secure areas. I know there's yeah. been pharmacists that have been looking to get patients to take photos of the prescriptions and send it through, and that's now been frowned upon because of the privacy legislation. So I think the sooner that happens, um, you know, look, obviously it makes... Probably the, the the pharmacy's you know importance to really capture the customer loyalty around the value added services as opposed to just their location and convenience because I think once the script becomes mobile and digital um, the convenience and location air, um, drawing power of a pharmacy probably disappears. You're right. So no, that'd be interesting. And um, and and Cedric, what 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 would you say is the, the biggest game changer for you at the moment? Um, I think it will be actual full automation of dispensing. So the pharmacist won't even need to be out anywhere near the script itself. And you'll remove um, human, basically, intervention. So we've, it's fragmented at the moment. You've got the ERX MediSecure part working there uh, where you can scan scripts. You've got the dispensing part where you can scan and dispense through robotics. Um, and you know, in between, you've still got um, people having to label, having to do repeats, having to staple everything together and bring it out. The pharmacist going back and forth, cha uh, checking everything. Um, I think script comes in, you scan it, it comes to the pharmacist who's at the front talking all this time to the patient in, in the interim, all labelled, everything's ready to go. Quick check and and off you go. So really reducing any of that sort of dispensing time, um, human intervention, basically. I know a lot of dispense techs will frown on that, mm. but um, a lot of pharmacists will be very happy about that. I think that would would be great. 
Yeah, look, certainly it might see an, an, an evolution of the dispensary tech role um, in that perhaps they become, you know, experts in triaging patients, um, you know, much the same way as nurses are in uh, emergency departments in hospitals and them needing to take probably more of a clinical role than a, than a manual labour Role. And I think we all look with admiration at, um, you know, like what Apple has done for computers and taken, you know, a very unattractive business being computers and turned it into something that's fantastic and beautiful and a very nice experience whenever you go into that. And, uh, you know, I think for me, you know, if we can uh, somehow be running our pharmacies very closely to how those Apple stores run, um, you know, and have the pharmacists as the ones that you know on show they're easy to access and they're not being strained to pull back in the dispensary it's going to make a huge difference to the way we're perceived and also how we can take on more professional services without feeling that we're burdened by uh, manual labor absolutely as long as the ios updates don't stop us from talking yeah well i think that i think that was a lesson for everyone that uh early adoption is great but early 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 adoption is not <laughs> uh look it's been brilliant and uh, thank you both for for coming on i think you know to have uh you know the insights of you know both partners and you know peter's got such a great pedigree and i encourage all of our listeners to you know to to take peter up on the offer and come and see him and cedric in uh Blacktown, you won't be disappointed. He's a wealth of knowledge and uh, he's been a, you know, a great uh, mentor and uh, you know, um, resource for me over the years as well. So thank you both and thank you, Peter. Um, thank and, you, Robert. Um, thank you, Robert. I appreciate, I hope that uh, we can have you back in the not too distant future. Anytime. Uh, cheers. Well, I did say it would be the icing on the cake and that it wraps up our pharmacy automation series. But certainly I think there's so many great lessons that we can take away from today and exactly how we can start that journey as well. So to take three key learnings, oh geez, it was a struggle again, but I've managed to do it and I've also put some common themes from our automation series in at the end. So number one, the history of pharmacy embracing technology in Australia is a long and very successful one. We led, it led to large productivity gains, improving our clinical and medication management capabilities, which went all the way back, as Peter spoke about, to a productivity commission inquiry in 1985. We saw strong productivity gains and were really the first industry to exchange data with government. So we're well positioned, we've got a great pedigree going back as to how we can be one of the best professions in Australia to embrace technology. We just seem to have lost our accelerator probably in the last 30 years, uh, but it means that we've got the capacity to take it on and we really should be meeting those challenges head on. The second is simple changes in workflow, and that doesn't require automation. To get a process right, and automation at the end of it all will make it more efficient as you grow, so you can grow into it. It was a great example that Peter mentioned there about one of his pharmacies, which are only doing about 140 scripts a day. It doesn't need a robot at this point, but you can get so much efficiency by implementing an efficient workflow. And I took five things away from you, away from that, that you can really look to implement straight away in your business. And the first one is a hand-in process. 
how you manage that. And just by giving the prescription straight to the technician, you can reduce the process from two steps to one and save significant time in the process. And the data entry, usually as Peter mentioned, about 38 seconds. Embrace electronic prescriptions. If you haven't already signed up, do it. You're gonna save 38 seconds almost in a way of doing that. And also from product selection, you can position your shelving to reduce the selection time. So it could go from eight to 10 seconds to two to three seconds. And if you're only looking at a volume of 100 or 150 prescriptions there, you're still saving a lot of time each day if you multiply that out. Get rid of the step, guys. We don't need it. Peter's very, very vocal, and, and rightly so, about really making sure that we are in an empathetic position when we're communicating with our patients. It also reduces time, and also reduces the OH&S risks of having to take heavy boxes up and down the stairs as well. And finally, an 80-20 dispensary. We found out what that was today, and that's really about having your high volume stock closest to you in dispensing and your low volume stock further away. So it really makes sure that your selection time becomes optimized. And as you'll see, and we've got some great photos in the show notes, you can build up to very high levels of automation, which can include conveyors for baskets and products, and see that in the great photos that we've got. But it really helps to grow and scale with you. It's terrific. And the third one is most importantly, it can become your best strategy for combating PBS reform. We're getting paid less per prescription. So we need to start thinking about how to make, how to compress our workflow and also the cost of that workflow as well. And also in response to battling on price. What a great example of Syncotta in Blacktown that they've got chemist warehouse, Aussie Pharmacy discounted as well, and they're still growing significantly. And as Cedric pointed out, and I'll, I can publish a correction for him there, it was actually a 100 to 150% increase in prescriptions, not 50 or 60, which they were able to grow to without any issue and without the need to increase the levels of staff. So that's what we're talking about, guys. I spoke about those three pillars of a successful pharmacy. You've got your operational efficiency, a patient-centric business model, but smart use of technology is what helps you scale and grow your business without increasing your operating costs. And this was a great example of that today. So the last thing I wanted to mention was that there are some great common themes that we've seen in our automation series. Workflow is obviously key, but we've covered that to death today, and I hope that you've taken away those key lessons as well, and you can implement all of that without the need to spend a single dollar just by getting a bit smarter and rearranging your dispensary and your workflow. But firstly, every pharmacy owner who successfully implemented automation did a study tour. It may have been one overseas, but you can do one on our shores, and Peter's quite, you know, generously offered to house and to not house but <laughs> but uh, to entertain you up in Sydney um, and by taking you to some of his pharmacies and some may be more appropriate to your type of business he's got small ones but he's also got some large ones like Blacktown and also Maryland's the biggest pharmacy in Australia of how workflow and particularly automation can improve the efficiency in those businesses. And the major thing that we take away from it, as Cedric pointed out, is blood pressure dropped 30 points by having that workflow in place. 
but it gives calm to your patients. And no patient ever wants to feel rushed or compressed in the time that they spend with you in their pharmacy. So to get that calm in the environment, as we've seen in Apple stores everywhere, you can have a packed house, but no one's pushing, no one's shoving, and conversations are happening without being rushed or, or you know, put, put down to any other reason. So, so important, guys, that we take those themes away, go back through the automation series, it's really valuable. There's some great key lessons for you to learn from that. And um, I hope that that helps you develop that smarter, more efficient dispensary that allows you to build your smarter, more successful pharmacy. Well, that wraps up another episode of Transformation. Don't forget to leave a comment or any questions in the show notes as well. One thing I'd love to offer you as well, if you've got any questions of any of the guests on Transformation, pop them in the show notes comments and I will ensure personally that I can get those guests to answer those questions for you as well. So also I just wanted to remind you that there's I've got an upcoming speaking engagement um, for the Cloud for Community Pharmacy and that's in conjunction with the Bayside Medicare Local in Melbourne. So I'll pop the link on the show notes if you're in Melbourne um, or if you're interested in coming along. As I mentioned, I'm gonna get a video of it as well. So I'll pop that in the transformation community uh, when that's available as well. But don't forget today was the last of the Pharmacy Automation Series. You can listen to the whole automation series again just by signing up on robertstar.com and it does give you a number of other things, the Pharmacy Freedom, keynotes and presentations, the seven day industry insights tour, but also the complete automation series as well. Have a great week everyone, and I look forward to speaking to you again next week. Bye for now.